Roll it. Welcome to another episode of the George Mac Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and hopefully blessing Bofu. His connection keeps dropping and reconnecting and dropping and reconnecting, which is an interesting phenomenon considering the topic, and that is online education. Um, right now in the United States, even worldwide for that matter, to some degree, more so in the United States, a lot of school districts approaching this upcoming school year differently, um, depending on how uh, the pandemic is facing them or where, how they align politically or wherever it may be. The point of the matter is, is that there are plenty of schools that are moving online, which I can only imagine. Jeremy, your wife is a teacher. Maybe you can share some insight or maybe they're, maybe they're currently still trying to figure that out. Cause I know a lot of school districts, I mean, here we are in August and they're still not even quite sure what they want to do for good reason, because it's like we're going around a mountain and we don't know what's coming around the next corner. Um, so there certainly is understanding with that. But as far as online education, I can only imagine what it must be like for teachers to try to have a classroom of kids, 20, 30 kids on a video call or, or however they might be doing the online learning. I don't know a lot of the details of the online learning, so maybe I'm completely nuts. But the idea of schooling that many kids online without being able to be hands on or to, to look them in the eye or to have a, con- you know, I, I, I just can't imagine. Jeremy, have, have like... You know, can you imagine? Well, yeah. I mean, my wife's a teacher, and then my I, my oldest is in second grade, so I've got that experience. I'm sure you had. Um, do, you, do your kids do online school, or about yeah? To to be honest, for, as my personal life goes, um, COVID the the pandemic has not affected or impacted our lives nearly nearly as much as it has disrupted sure. others. I know some people that do homeschooling for certain subjects they still get like online assistance for certain things as far as like testing just because they want to make sure that people kids pass the stuff. So the the most interesting thing for us is we're we're intentionally delaying a lot of stuff at least the school district my wife teaches and our kids go to so there's places like Georgia that have actually already opened up as of the day we're rec- recording this mm-hmm. yeah yeah I saw that so we'll see what happens um, they were very intentional about not I mean they've already built into their school year three extra weeks so if they accidentally the school building blew up three weeks before school ended they would already have met their academic requirements so they intentionally took off two extra weeks outside of the spring break because they just wanted to kind of see what happens they didn't want to make any rash decisions there were several places that made rash decisions and it wasn't great and it was difficult um, and so I really appreciate that but then there was just not a lot of setup as far as like well, how do we do this so what do we do on it was kind of fly by the seat of your pants. Now there's a lot of resources out there. I would say for youth pastors that have been struggling with all of this and worried that things are going to go online again, don't recreate the wheel because all these teachers have all these cool resources that probably could just teach you how to do it. That maybe you spend an entire day learning from some of the parents that are teachers in your youth group, how to do some of this stuff in case this happens. I know for me, the biggest concern is everybody goes back to meeting in person and then the state shuts down and then you have to figure out how to go back and heaven forbid we go back to more zoom stuff because youth ministries are not going to be successful if that's the case because they're all burnt out on it um so what could that look like and i think that in general even with us meeting in person and having to social distance things look differently anyways so i i i'm not 100 sure what that looks like i know our school the things that we are pushing for include a whole lot of what's going on, but then technology wise is still trying to be very individualized, Um, but it's not meeting the expectations and criteria that the nation and the state had 
before COVID happened. So it's kind of a new normal, even academically. Yeah, and and what I think is interesting is to see some of the parallels that we see with online church, right, where there is this natural inclination to recreate the in live what we what we deem to be the content, right? Whether it be the sermon or the lesson. You're talking specifically the mass yeah, gathering. Exactly, stuff, exactly. Right? And in trying yeah, to recreate yeah. that with the video, like it's impossible. You can't recreate it. And just like we talked about webinars have to reinvent and become its own medium, it feels like that's what needs to happen with education as well. Um and yeah, it's 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 rough to think of this kind of being somewhat of a guinea pig generation in this. At the same time, there has been so much talk about education reform and re, rethinking education. At the same time, there's a brilliant opportunity to make strides towards, you know, um, more effective uh, education. And I can't help but think that, that, that ch- the church is facing, like you said, that same exact same thing, like like with the youth pastor, for example. The difficult part becomes what, how much of this solution with technology needs to be academic. And then from a pediatrician, I know most of the people that we work with in our agency for pediatricians, so the professionals we work alongside, their biggest concern is not the COVID stuff, which is difficult. So my wife's a teacher and, and her response is, feel like they're kind of getting thrown under the bus a little bit. So it is what it is. But the pediatricians say their biggest worry is not COVID stuff, but the social and developmental and emotional development of the kids as well. So we're not even talking about the things that they learn as far as on tests, but the socializing, the emotional connections and the developmental stuff that needs to naturally happen in a social environment that they're worried about the spikes in substance use and mental health and suicide rates. Cause even with COVID the way it is to be fair, um, just with zero to 18 year olds, the number of kids that commit suicide is higher than the number of kids that are dying of COVID, at least as of right now. And it's always been the case up to this point. Um, and they're worried that that's just going to continue to increase and not even just continue to increase while COVID's happening, but this entire generation for the rest of their life, this is going to be an outlier generation of extremely high, significant suicide rates that will then impart that onto the next generation. And there will be more turmoil because of that. So pediatric wise, there's that huge concern that they have of maybe it's worth, and they, they, a lot of them say this, maybe it's worth the risk for our generation and exposing people to stuff so that they don't ruin their generation. And I don't necessarily fall. I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I understand my wife's pain and worry, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. So that's a really tough thing, and I don't think anybody actually knows the answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is that that certainly is true, and just kind of highlights some of the um, parallel or not parallel, the peripheral um, casualties of of all this, um, and it. It, it's interesting as much as we we like to to look and talk about technology having the solutions and the answers it's interesting that during this highly technical age that we're struggling so much um struggling to uh contain things to make the right choices even with the science and the technology at hands uh, at hand our, our failure to implement it and then as we look at education and schools and and churches and you know bi- 
whether it be you know Bible studies or Sunday school online or youth groups, you know we have all this technology at hand. We've been talking about it for years, and it's interesting. It's it's this time for it to shine, and I feel like even still um, we're we're struggling figuring struggling to figure out exactly how to use it best. And as much as some people have been afraid that technology would replace or somehow inhibit you know face to face personal communication and interaction as a society and as humans, I think we're learning that that's simply not the case, that it's it's something that is sorely missed and we all look forward to it returning. And I, and I think that a lot of the stuff that church is known for, I think that's so much more than this, certainly. I mean, as a Christian, I believe that. Um, but the benefits of the um, feeding the poor and of um, making social cause initiatives and even just like stuff like evangelism i don't think that we're doing well at all i think that we're trying to do well with discipleship i think we're trying to do well with communicating well with people but i feel like all the other stuff we're not doing great at mm-hmm. yeah certainly certainly a call to to uh do better and to look and see where the needs are real really at just 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 some of the statistics and information you shared shows a space that uh that we certainly can step in and fill and, and, and try to try to make better. Send us an email, podcast at churchmag. And if you leave us a review on iTunes, we'll be sure to share it on an upcoming episode. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 